find ourselves in chapter 11. Uh, it seems a little strange. Christmas does not seem that far away. Yet, uh, if you've been paying attention this morning, it feels like we are in Palm Sunday, right? Uh, sort of jumping Christmas to Palm Sunday is a little strange. But this is where we find ourselves in the Gospel of Mark. And in fact, we'll find ourselves in this last week of Jesus' life from now uh, through Easter as we look together at the end of the Gospel of Mark. Listen then to God's word to us, found here in Mark chapter 11, beginning with verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of the disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back to you shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there said, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered, as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything. But since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with his twelve. This too is the word of the Lord. One of the joys of grandparenthood is reintroducing to my life good, fun, wonderful children's books. It is a joy to read again the books that I was able to read with my own children when they were small. Some of my favorite children's books that I get to read again are the Spot books. And in particular, my favorite of the Spot books, Where's Spot? <laughs> Spot is a puppy. If you have not read these books, you missed out. But Spot is a puppy. And the story begins with Spot's mom saying, That Spot, he had to eat this up. Where can he be? And then turn the page. Is he behind the door? And this book has doors that you can open. So you open the door. Is he behind the door? And there is a. Anybody know what's there? Right. You open the door, it's great, I can tell you a story. There it is, right there. <laughs> you open the door and there's a bear there who says no, right? And then you turn the page because he's inside the clock. You open it and there's a snake there and you say, no. no. And then you set that turn the page, he's inside the piano, you open the piano lid, and there's a big hippo and a little bird that says, no. Is he under the stairs? No, the lion says, right? Is he in the closet? And the monkey says, no. Is he under the bed? Turtle says, try the basket. 
but we are not surprised, right? No one can stop this King Jesus. How will this triumphal entry end? How what will Jesus do once he comes into the city? And all of us can lead us to believe that this is it, right? The words of their spot, their spot, he's under the rug. But our text is like the turtle under the rug. No, not here. This is not where we see the kingdom coming. Try the baskets. Listen to the strange surprise in our text. In verse 3, again, verse 9, we're told those who went ahead and those who followed shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem, went into the temple courts, looked around at everything. But since it was already late, Built to this climax, and then he just sort of gets there and he does the like pilgrim thing, goes to the temple, looks around, and has one little picture of the temple, and then goes back to his Airbnb and does it, right? He couldn't afford one in the city. It's as if Mark and the Holy Spirit want to make sure you understand something. Matthew and Luke, as they're telling of the story, Jesus entered the city, and when he comes to the temple, he cleanses the temple, he drives out the money changers, he drives out the profiteers, and you can look at that text next week. We think Matthew and Mark shortened the story to make the connection to Jesus coming as king and his authority to cleanse the temple, make sure those two are right together. But what Mark and the Holy Spirit want to make sure we understand that the triumphal entry is not the coming of God's kingdom. Something else a little strange in the story. Right? We imagine that the triumphal entry would be one of the greatest days in the lives of the disciples. Right? This is what they've been longing for, waiting for. Finally, Jesus being acknowledged by the nation to be who he is, to be the king. But what is strange is that we get seven verses talking about the hope, right? And three verses talking about Jesus. Doesn't that seem backwards? We get only a few details about the prayer of Jesus, but we get seven verses about hardly one of the most impressive miracles that Jesus does, right? Just being able to procure a cult. We would have, again, we would have liked to know more. How many people were there? Was it a few hundred, a few thousand? Was there opposition? Did people speak against it? What were the Romans doing during this whole time? What did Jesus say? Did he say anything? Was he smiling? Was he giving the royal wave as he rode on his donkey? Or was he being like a politician, God forbid? Was he being a politician to point out to hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't think, I don't think, we don't know. They don't tell us, right? They don't tell us what he did. Instead, we get the bare minimum. We, we hear details about procuring a cult that makes subtle claims to his kingship because Mark wants us to know, the Holy Spirit wants us to know there's something more important than the triumphal entry. Perhaps what's more, more important is that we know that everything that has happened here in Jerusalem was intentional by Jesus. He didn't ride a cult by accident. He made a point to make sure it was a cult. 
temple. Everything that happens in this week is intentional. Jesus is not swept up in events. He is not a victim of anything. He is an intentional agent, even down to the type of animal that he would ride into the sea. Jesus is receiving the acclamation of the crowd is not what it looks like for Jesus to take his time. As good and beautiful and appropriate as it is, it is entirely appropriate. This is not the climax. This is not what we've been waiting for. We must wait a little longer. Five more days. What does this mean for us? If this is indeed true, that this is not the climax, but the climax is to come on Friday at the cross and then Sunday to the resurrection. What does this mean for us? Jesus' whole life reveals to us the nature of his kingdom, but the climax, the fulfillment of the kingdom, the king and his kingdom revealed in its fullest glory is not here. Despite what the disciples might have thought, despite what we as a crowd might have hoped for. What does this mean then for us? It means that the glory of God's kingdom today is not most fully revealed in our moments of triumph and apparent victory. It means the kingdom is revealed most powerfully in our weakness and vulnerability. Where do we see the kingdom of God most clearly? It's not in places where Christians are empowered and are protected. It's where Christians are most vulnerable. Just this morning I received an email from Stacy Reinhardt sharing with us news from Timothy and Hannah Molinade. Timothy and Hannah are new global workers at Blackman Support Center in Nigeria, working in Nigeria. Nigeria was just identified this past week as the most dangerous country in the world to be a Christian. Timothy writes that they are producing handbooks for pastors and believers in the Hausa language in northern Nigeria, which is one of the languages in the north, which is an area of Nigeria that is terrorized by Boko Haram. Timothy says, we travel daily with fear, but we have to. We pray our faulty SUV doesn't break down on lonely and somehow risky portions of bad roads that have become a reality in Nigeria. Road repair agencies can't work because sometimes their workers are kidnapped for ransom. I'll be using these materials to teach rural evangelists some have been kidnapped in the course of going from village to village, some beaten, some raped, some physically brutalized. But they continue to work for God. We support them at a family and ministry level regularly or as the Lord provides. Don't stop praying. The kingdom of the world will one day become the kingdom of our God and his Christ. Love you all, Timothy and Hannah, serving Christ, right where Satan bears his face. glory of God's kingdom as people willingly suffer following Christ and loving sharing good news to people in dangerous ways and dangerous places. But the question still remains, what does this mean for us? We are not in Nigeria. What does it mean for us that the kingdom is most fully revealed in the cross of Christ and his resurrection and not in his triumphal entry? Let me make a suggestion. Let me suggest one thing it doesn't mean. 
doesn't mean that we shouldn't be involved in the world to make it a safer place for Christians and for all people. We should pray into whatever power we possess to make Nigeria a place where kidnapping, murder, physical and sexual abuse does not happen. It doesn't mean that we should passively sit back while people are brutalized and oppressed. We should do all that we can to care for and protect the vulnerable. Whatever power we have been trusted with should be used responsibly to care and protect and care for those who are at risk. What does it mean for us? Does it mean that Jesus might be revealed to us here in the midst of COVID and not just after COVID? The question I've been asking myself this week is whether there's something that we are missing during this pandemic. The word that I've heard throughout the pandemic that I've shared with you is persevere. Hang in there. Hold on. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Talking that this will pass. Like eventually, you will get over this before too long. Before too long, right? That's what we've been saying. How many times in the last two years have we thought that we've done in just another month or so, right? Soon, we will be able to get back to normal, we thought. We just need to hang on until then. But maybe God's kingdom will not be most visible to us when we get back to normal. Maybe God's kingdom will not be most glorious when we are triumphant, triumphant over this virus. Maybe there is a purpose, a vision that God has for us in the midst of this virus. Are we missing God's purpose for us now because we are so eager to be triumphant one day, soon we hope. Right in the midst of this, in this time of at least frustration, if not suffering, might we be strengthening our life together in this season because we, even though we cannot meet together like we want to, are there new muscles that we need to strengthen that will strengthen us going forward in our life together? What does it mean for us? It means Jesus was not a victim in that holy leading up to his crucifixion. If we follow him, if we obey him as our king, then we will not be victims either. We will suffer, we will endure your hardship, but not as victims, but as loyal subjects of our king, following the Jesus Jesus. that we are people who 
forward to triumph. We, Lord, we confess that in many ways we expect our lives to be triumphant, to be victorious, to be go from victory to victory. And we confess our disappointment when things are hard and things don't go the way we thought or hoped. And we are people easily discouraged. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that you are the king, that you rule, and that we get to follow you. We get to be a part of your kingdom. Lord, help us to follow you. Help us to follow you when things are hard. Help us to not give up. Help us to not be discouraged. Help us to know that even in our suffering, even when things are hard, and may that drive us to follow you and follow you even more. Help us, we pray.